0: So I'm going to read from Acts chapter 19, if anyone that was reading this week, verse 1 to 7. So he's talking about another man called Apollos and it says, While Apollos was at Corinth, a place in Asia Minor, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at a place called Ephesus. If anyone's been to Turkey on the holidays, there's a trip to Ephesus. If you've been there, this is the place he's talking about. There he found some disciples and asked them. So there were some believers there. And and Paul says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no. We've not even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, then what baptism did you receive? And he says, we received John the Baptist's baptism. They replied, Paul said, John's baptism was one of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one who was coming after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. And he finishes with, there were twelve, about 12 men in all. So he goes to this place. There was believers there. They believed what John the Baptist had said. But he was the forerunner. He was saying, there's someone coming after me. I baptize you with water, but the one coming after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And so they didn't hear about the Holy Spirit on fire. The Holy Spirit, when you become a believer, a Christian, when you trust in Jesus Christ, the deposit of God in your life to show you that you're guaranteed a place in heaven, He gives you the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit living in you that changes your life from the inside out. And that's a fact, that's a given. But He says there's also the fire. And in the book of Acts, chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came in the form of fire. Which was to send the church into the world to win the known world to this Christ who died on the cross for them. And that's when you see in the book of Acts all of this happening. But I don't want to focus on that this morning. If you want to hear something about that, listen to some other of our sermons that will has passed and that will come. But this is what caught my eye during the morning. And I hope I said it to the guys that were in the Bible study. It says at the end, just like added in, there was about 12 men in all. And that's what stood out to me. In all of that, the Holy Spirit coming, then prophesying, speaking in tongues, all that. It's like that little few things. Why would God, why would the Holy Spirit include... And there was about 12 men there. And I started to think throughout the week because this is the way it starts for a preacher. That you hear something from God or something's highlighted and then during the week... You read more, you study more, you talk to somebody and they tell you something that now you include in your sermon. And it's just a fantastic um, way of living. But what I realized is that God is into numbers. And that God is into measurements. And that God is into the length of our days. And God is into counting people. See, there's people here this morning that should be here this morning. And I can imagine heaven going, oh, there was about, what, 60 people? But Johnny was missing. Or Mary was missing. It's like, he doesn't bypass and go, there was 20,000 people at that meeting. He goes, yeah, but such and such wasn't there. Because he cares. He, in the Bible, when you look at it, he, he, he counts men. He counts armies. He counts nations. In, in, in these measurements, he includes times and space and distances and numbers and like, the, the, the measurements of land. It was like, God, why are you so much into measurements? That it's all there. I think, you know, I wouldn't have put that in. And, um, but you see, in, in Genesis, he has the six days of creation. He tells us that within creation, he says to the moon, you go that far, that's your boundary. He says to the sea, that's your boundary. Land, this is your boundary. He sets um, borders for nations. Um, he measures the heavens and the earth, the expanse of the sky and the sea. You know, like little things like David. Remember when David went out there fight Goliath the giant. That he didn't just have one stone. The Bible tells us he had five stones. My goodness Lord, why do you include stones? He killed Goliath with one stone and then if I was preaching David and Goliath, I would say he probably had the other four stones because maybe David had, or Goliath had four brothers. So he take one out and then if the other came out he would take four. But whatever David needed within that David took five stones out But one in his slingshot and four in his bag. If I was preaching that, I would tell you that everything you need is in the bag. Everything you need is in Christ. But I'm not preaching that. Do you remember Elijah in in Ezekiel 47? That he has a vision of the river of God. And the, the angel came and measured out a thousand cubits. And he walked in. He was ankle deep, and then he measured another thousand. You go, what's all the measurement about? Do you remember there was a hundred and twenty in the upper room in the book of Acts? There was three thousand saved, became believers when the Holy Spirit fell on them in the book of Acts chapter two. Do you remember Gideon's army? He had three hundred thousand, and God whittled it down to three three hundred. Like something here. What's all the measurement about? He walked. He walked around. Jericho seven times. And I'm sure you have loads more. Listen to what Psalm 90 says. Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wi- our heart of wisdom. That our days are measured. That the length of breath and time we have on this earth. And God, the, the, David is saying in Psalm 19, Lord, teach us to not flitter away the days of our lives that we would make everything count. Help us to gain wisdom In counting the days that we have on earth. Jesus says, listen, in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. With the measure you use on them will be the measure you use. So it's not just places and spaces and faces. It's also attitudes of the heart that is measured before God. The Lord spoke to Moses in the tent of meetings in the desert. On the first day of the second month of the second year. I'm like, Lord, that's a lot of stuff. Elijah, he says, go down to the river. Or go down to the valley of Sarath and turn left. And wait there. And I'm like, there's a precision about God. About measurements that... I feel we just have to get a grip on her. Say, Lord, give us some insight into what all these measurements means for me, because that's all in the Old Testament and New Testament. But what does it mean for you and me? What is God measuring with us? Why does he put in measurements? Like, why would, like, measurements are there to set boundaries, aren't they? So like that, measure, I'm going to measure out the land and the sea, and I'm going to put the sea here, but you can come no further. It, it measurements are there to tell us what distance we need to go. Um, measurements are there to tell us, um, to tell us um, when we're going to step off the edge. They're there for, for reasons for us all. And, and there's a way of increasing whatever God has given you. The Bible says he's given us all a measure of faith. Every one of us, he has given a measure of faith. But there's also, he's given us all a measure of capacity of what we have to do with our lifetime in this world. He's given us all a measure of potential. All of measure. You you know, God had a plan. You know, God doesn't, you don't get born, right? And then God says, oh, there's Sophie, I have a a plan for her. Two Sophies I was looking at there. It's not like he says, it's like he has a dream and a plan and he creates you and wraps you around the dream that he has. That's the way it works. He doesn't go, oh, there's that young fella now born in Dalton's barn. What am I going to do with him? Or, oh, You know what I mean? Let's, 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 let's. He goes, I have a dream in this world and I'm going to create a little fella called Noah. and I'm going to wrap his little body, his little mind, his personality, everything around the dream that I have in him. And one day I'm going to call that dream out. And he's going to realize that I love him and I care for him. And not only care for him, but through him I'm going to care for others. And That's what he has for every one of us. That before you were born. God, this is what the Bible says. Before the creation, the foundations of the earth was laid. God had a plan for your life. Your yeah, mom and dad wasn't there. They weren't even born. They were the, 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 the vehicles that brought you into the, the dream of God. They were the ones, and, 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 and then God sees you and wraps his dreams around you. The measure, the potential that is in you, he wraps. He goes, that's what he can do, she can do in this world. Or not even in this world, just for one person. We all want to win the world, but God might just want us to love one person, to raise one child in this world that can change everything. And if we do what God wants us to do, it doesn't matter if it's someone that's won a billion people to the Lord. And that was God's dream for them. And I just help someone. Who, I just gave an encouraging word to save someone's life for. Encourage someone to go on. God says, here's your reward, son, and here's your reward. <sighs> Don't die with your potential. Don't go to the grave with... What God has put in you. In you. Paul the Apostle, he, he, he wanted to go home to heaven. When you read Paul, when you go on the Bible Project or you read the Bible, you'll see the Apostle Paul gave everything for the gospel. He left blood everywhere. He was beaten up in every direction. Seeing miracles, seeing the glory, and seeing the glory. And, 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 and you see him at one stage, he goes, I want to go home, Lord. I'm fed up with this life. Have you ever been there? Last week I felt I could raise the dead. This week I feel like I am the dead. <laughs> but Paul says, it's best that I don't go now. Because I've still more to do. He finishes his life in, in Second Timothy. And this is what he says. I want to go home now. I'm going home. Because I ran my race. I fought my fight. He says to Timothy. I've been poured out. What was he saying? That everything that God has put in me. The measure of God that he put in me. He lift me up. And he poured me out. And that everything I am, I've given to this world. Every letter, every encouragement, every sermon, every, every planting of a church. I've done it. I'm going home empty. If we do this life right, we go home empty of every measurement of potential that God has put in us. And if we're faithful with the little, the Bible shows us that He increases it. Okay, Sunday school lesson, if, if you take it that way. Five thousand people, Jesus says to the disciples, feed them, will He Said so they start getting mathematical in their head, sure years wages wouldn't even feed all these people. What is he talking about? They go and find a loaf, a boy with five loaves and two fishes. And he gave of his little measurements, and God increased for the multitudes. He gave. You might go, I only have a bit. That's all he needs. You might go, I'm only a one trick pony. That's all he needs is your one trick, your one voice, your one, whatever it is, just give it to him and he can take it and multiply it and add to it. And some that don't want to use theirs, he'll even give you theirs because you'll use yours. Listen to the the, the increase of what the measure is. Jesus says, give and it will be given unto you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken, together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, your loaves and fishes that you use, it will be the measure back unto you. He says, if you give unto God, that he will give back to you a measure that is pressed down, that is good, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And some people do say, like, here's what Luke is saying. Luke says this, recording Jesus, give and it will be given unto you. He puts it in their court. Do you get what he's saying? He says, you give and it will be given unto you. You give up your loaves and fishes and it will be given unto you. You give up yourself and it will be given. Unto you. you put your cup before God and He will cause your cup to run over. He leaves it down to me, and I'm like, wow, am I holding back at him? Because the measure I give will be the measure that I receive. And people say, no, I've not received revelation of who Jesus is. And you ask them, are you reading the revelation that's in his word that he's already given? And they say no. So you've not given yourself to the word. So how can you give yourself, how can you give you the more? No, I've not. I've not received enough in financially. But yet you haven't given the measure that is important to God's. Because He says, the measure you give releases the good, shaking, running over measure that I want to give unto you. I haven't received the breakthrough. And He said, But you haven't given yourself to the last breakthrough I've given you. So who can I give you the more? He wants to give it to us. And don't be despair. Don't go like, "Oh my goodness!" Don't go on a guilt trip or a, a condemnation trip because you've kept your loaves to yourself. I want God told me to give the fish, but I had a little bit of um, what's that thing? Spaghetti marinara? You know <laughs> You may just have a little fish, you pie, huh? No, don't go on guilt on it. This is what the disciples say when the, when the measure was low. They said, "Lord, help me with my unbelief." Increase my measure, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. He, they, this is what they said increase our faith. They didn't go all guilt on it. Increase our faith. Do you know what happens when you ask for an increase? You decrease. Who said that? There's a preacher in the house. The increase of faith usually comes come to the testing of faith. Sorry to tell you, I wish I had another one, two, three steps where we'd all feel God says you want an increase, i are not going to have to put you into a different arena See if you were a little boy and he's a great footballer you wouldn't, for him to, uh, to fulfill his potential you wouldn't put him in the lower divisions of the football league you'd put him with the premier league because his potential will only come out when he's with the ones that are near his potential He'll only be better when you put him with the best. And in the testing of our faith, God puts us and life circumstances and all types of situations that we find ourselves in. Whether we fall into them or walk in them, our life is just cruel at times. Or God leads us. Or God uses the situation to go. Now, son, I'm going to test you. Can I tell you how many times I've failed God in my testing? Hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. I'm confessing before you. He keeps bringing me back around to the arena. Come on, son. Because I'm not going to let that overcome you. I'm not going to allow that to have the last say in your life. So he brings me back around and back around and back around. Keep going. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep trusting. Keep holding on. Keep pressing in for more. When I fail I'll get back up, Lord forgive me, I'm back in the race. That's why Paul can say, I don't know about you, but I want to at the end of my days, whenever they is, I want to say I've ran this race. I've faltered, I've failed, I have failed, but I've ran my race. I've scrapes on my knees, scrapes on my elbows and broken nose, but I've ran my race. I've many trials and troubles along the way. I ran the race because I know who called me. Paul, a Peter says, listen to Peter, he says, for this reason make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to goodness, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, Perseverance. Godliness, mutual affection for one another. If you, possess, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying, don't just settle. I had a revelation 20 years ago. He said, Add to it. There's an adding. There's an adding. There's an addin. Add to faith, perseverance, the goodness, the godliness. Add to it that you don't just settle. You keep pressing in. And in the time of updating, for an update of your faith... You need to have perseverance. You need to go, Lord, I'm sticking in there. Lord, I, I, when the gory comes, I'll tell you about a bit of gory. Acts chapter 12. They've seen multitudes come to Jesus and they take James, you know the brother of John, who was up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus, who left his boats behind. James, thunder, thunder. Remember, he wanted to call fire down? Herod took him and ran a sword through. Countless coming to know Jesus. Miracles everywhere. And yet one of the key apostles is killed. You talk about the gory. Then they go, they take Peter, who was the leader, and they take the apostle Peter and they throw him into prison, waiting for the same fate that happened to him, that was that happened to James. You talk about the glory. You can be in glory today, and you can be in Gory tomorrow. And I'm not talking about Wexford. What a couple of weeks. You talk about glory. You talk about like five funerals. the, The next funeral will be five. In the space of three weeks. People in their church, when Peter was put into prison, the church, this is what it said, he was in prison, but the church prayed earnestly. The church prayed that while he was in glory, the church was lifting their hands up to the glory of God and saying, God, will you come? Gets a phone call. Such and such has healed themselves. The baby Isabel that we've all been praying for, Isabel has gone home three weeks. The church was praying earnestly. We didn't get the result that we want. You talk about glory. Praise God for leaders. That addresses the glory. Downstairs Louise doing it Up here Naomi. Don't let the doubts of the glory rob you. Of the potential of the glory of God. Right. Lying in bed yesterday. I'm, I'm licking a few wounds this week. Brother Paul May gone home. Young Lynn gone from our Bray church We our three daughters yesterday four years prior yesterday was our dad's anniversary four years prior we buried Stefan this same February we buried Lynn three little girls real the mommy and daddy talk about gory looking at them they were my first couple I married in Bray and we started a church in Bray Beautiful family. The glory. James being stabbed. Killed by Herod. Peter in prison. What are they gonna do to him? The glory the church was praying. That we cannot we've to persevere. We've to take doubts when it comes to God, we prayed earnestly, but this didn't happen. Whether it's in the glory or in the glory, I want to tell you, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. He doesn't change. Circumstances will change. Glory will change. Glory will change. Glory will change. Glory will change. But Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And with our wounds and our feelings of failure and all doubts, and we press into the one who is unchangeable. He's the rock that doesn't move. He's the rock of ages, the great I am. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. The one that was with Paul and Peter in prison is the one that's with us. Amen. But the church prayed. That's why I invited you to my house or open your own house. Just tell us. If you wanted to be part of Liberty's praying, just say, can I mount my house to pray? The church prayed earnestly. See, when Lynn was dying of cancer, young girl and pray, the church was praying. And baby Isabel was fighting for her three weeks. And I know the Lord, I feel the Lord impressed on my heart. And it will play out. Noel, don't judge my plan or minimize my plan for a life based on the brevity on this earth. Boom. Don't you minimize what I, I don't know what he's done through little Isabel. But I'm telling you, I know every person that has known about this has grabbed our little kids in the last two weeks. I know mothers who are getting up in the middle of the night giving out last two weeks ago about that little fella won't go asleep. They're sitting in the middle of the night going, I don't care. I don't care. As long as I have them in my arms. I know a little baby called Isabel mobilized the church to pray. We've not prayed like this before. We have, but we haven't, if you know what I mean. Everybody is on their knees, praying, fasting, believing God. Don't judge God's plan for someone's life based on the brevity that you are on this planet. Because God is not bound by the time and the measurements He puts in the world. That's our rules. But He's outside of the rules. He's outside of time. He's one continuous God. He's the Alpha and the Omega. And all time is continuous in the eyes of God because He's not in time. I don't know how it works, but maybe I get to heaven the exact same time as Isabel. Because he's not in time. Update my faith. Amen. Oh, that was the glory. But there's glory. A young girl was looking to die by suicide. haven't seen her in 25 years. She was 8 years of age the last time i seen her in in their Friday club in Dolphinsburg. She says, Noel, everything. She sends me a message on it. Noel, do you remember me? Of course I remember you. I know every kid ever came to that place. Because I've invested. Not only me, us. We've invested. And she says, she had a miscarriage. She came home to the hospital. She found a partner. Dead by overdose on the... Ten hours. She lost a baby on a partner. She says, always all that was in my head was, end it all. Finish it all. The Gauri. In the midst of it, Ring Noel Kenny came into my head. I haven't seen her in 25 years. I shouldn't be in her head. I says, honey, that was God. That was God. That was God. That was God without to sit where... We have to sit her and tell her of the goodness of God and that we love her, even if she never comes to this church. That's never their, their case. We don't love people to put them on chairs. We love them to connect them with Jesus. Sitting there, there's a little, the little, there's a little boy in our world who who a partner had with another girl eighteen months ago. I didn't make the connection because I'm a bit slow. I goes in and seen a picture on her thing. I goes, I know that little baby. She goes, That's my partner's son that he had with a girl in Bray. Who I know. I prayed with this baby, I've thrown him in the air. And now this baby is the glue that keeps her alive. Because the mother says you can have him every second week. You know what his name is? Levi. Do you know what it means to attach somebody, to attach people in unity, in harmony? Levi was supposed to be aborted. We sat with the mother. and says, we'll take him. I said to Sharon, I oh, know we're 51, but we might have a little boy on our hands. Robin Patrice, no, we'll take him. Now we are fighting over him. Everybody in this girl's world says, you have three kids already. Get rid of the baby. She said with Patrice and Rob, I don't know what they said, but she says, I'm keeping my baby. Now that little boy, nine months old, is the glue that keeps a young one alive and keeps this other girl connected so that he can be raised up. I said, he's going to be the best loved kid on this planet. Oh, there's always the glory. They were praying and Peter was in prison and an angel came and, and he opened the prison door and Peter got set free. Yeah. I can't do it this far but I'd love to tell you of a story right now of a young person in prison that got set free this week. There's always, he said, God, will you get me freedom? And he did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. I'd love to tell you, but that's, a, no, that's her story. He did. In the midst of it all, finishing, listen to some of Paul's. He says, Paul said, I pray, the worship thing can come back. For this reason, this is Paul the Apostle praying, for this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, listen, out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with his power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted, established in love may have power together with all God's holy people to grasp how wide, long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to you this and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Listen, for this reason, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is, is who, who is able to do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within you, to whose glory be the church. Paul was praying, he says, I'm praying that you may be filled with the fullness of the measure of who God is. So God doesn't want these people to be going around half-baked, like half-cocked or half like uh, blind. He wants to fill us with the fullness of who He is. Have you got that yet? Have you seen a church that has that yet? But it's hard. Listen to what Paul says. To the Roman church, he says, I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ for you. Imagine if we could be sent down here, and wherever we go to in our respective jobs, places, spaces, faces, that we can say, "I'm coming to you," but I'm coming with to you with the full measure of the blessing of God. <sighs> That's the church. That's the church Jesus is. I've let. You could go to. Hundreds of websites. We were nearly there, but we copped on to ourselves. And you'll see the pastor writing. It's cute and it's good. This is the church I see. And writing all these lists. I don't want the church I see. I want the church easiest. Amen. Amen. I want, because my church will, the church I see will be measured by the, my experience or not experience. But his church is that we will leave and go wherever we're being received, that we will come. What does he say? With the full measure of the blessing of God's. Listen to what Jesus says. He's talking to the Father. I'm coming to you now, Father. But I say these things while I'm in the earth with them so that they may have the full measure of joy within them. I just keep saying to God, "Well, Lord, I haven't got the full measure of joy yet but I'm telling you I'm hungry the joy of God doesn't base on the glory or the glory the joy of God is based on who lives in you it's not based on whether I have money or no money whether I have friends or no friends that, that's joy, that's the world's joy I'm, all, I'm really happy as long as everything is going well but the joy of God is sustaining strength given because it's him I put all that together and I just want to say I could have said that in two minutes but when I read all about them measurements of God it's all there to say that he wants us to have the full measurement of who he is in our life and he leaves it down to us I wish he wouldn't but he does he won't say give me your life he will show you his goodness and then he says, do you want to give your life to a good God He leaves it down to you. He shows you. And that's how you give your life to God. Because he died on a cross. That's the father I want to give my heart to. That's the saviour I want in my life. And then when we get him. He says there's a full measure. Do you want it? Then he leaves it down to us. So I can say I want it. and don't talk to him all the week. Now my actions are making the Lord of my mouth. And now my mouth is making the Lord of my heart. Because over oh, the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. You can have as much of him as you want. He's generous in every way. So I don't have how to end there But whether you're in the glory or the glory today. The beautiful thing about Moses, he was on the mountain. And there was a battle going on. And when he, he was planted on the, on, the, on the mountaintop and all of his army were getting defeated when his hands were down. But every time he put his hands up, the army was winning. And what I'm thinking of it is that he had his feet in the muck of this world but he had his hands in the glory of heaven. And somehow he was pulling this glory down into the glory of the war, the battle. And we all have our feet in the smelly stuff of this world. But he can bring his glory in the midst of it all. And there, then we're aware that life happens. There is an enemy. There is, there is a devil. And life just sucks at times. But if we put our feet into the... The dirt of this world. But we know as Christians we can pull the glory in. We will see the glory of God. He he told me last year, and I believe it was him, that the glory of God is coming. And sometimes tests come so that we're able to carry. Jesus was led in to the testing by the Holy Spirit. And he came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't look at the testing as something that's going to diminish you. It's something that's going to cause your life to be expansive. Don't look at whatever you're going through. Press into God. That's what Jesus done. He quoted the word. No, God said, God said, God said, God said. And then the Holy Spirit led him out. And it says he came out in the power. Yeah. The testing is not there to diminish us. It's there to increase the measure of God in us. Boom. Let's pray. Let's take a minute. Let's close our eyes. Thank you for being so patient. Thank you for being so hungry as a preacher. I want to tell you how preachers work. And some weeks I have to confess, I'm probably one of them. Sometimes we can sit, I can preach here and I can go, Are you hearing me? Because life has hardened us or whatever. And you look for the person or the faces who is the face that's saying, Come on, preach to me now. Do you know that? So you have to put that face on if you want the best out of preacher. That's the truth. If you're stonewalled, believe me, I'm giving that at like 60%. But if you're like sponges on telling you, you pull out me things that God has put in me that we'll all benefit from. And I must, I must, I don't know, I must find some, I'll own the barrels any one day, but, um or I'll show us how to put a face on. to do it. So that God can increase the breakthroughs. He'll make them, he'll speed them up. they be like wheels within wheels. they be like boom, 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 just keep on moving. Paul prayed that we would have the fullness of who Jesus is. i learned this a long time ago. And i say it again this morning, Father, I don't care if I never see another miracle, but I want to see them. But I don't care because I love Jesus. I want to confess, Lord, that you're enough for me. You're enough, Lord. You're more than enough, Jesus. You're worth waiting on. You're worth seeking. You're worth persevering in this world to get hold of you, Lord. And I just pray right now, Lord, by the power of your Spirit, That you would encourage each person. That you would whisper in each ear. Will you tell them again? Didn't I tell you I was here for you? I'll show you I'm here for you. Let's stand. I don't know what to do. I'm being honest. But all I know is this. That what I read from when Paul laid hands on them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Spoken tongues. So maybe the best place to end is, will you put your hand on the shoulder of someone beside you? And then, um, let's just assume, because we know what life is, let's just assume that the person beside you is in a battle, or is out to out of a battle, or is going into a battle. Let's just assume that they have experienced some glory and some glory. And we pray for the person beside us with that in mind. And with this in mind, that no matter where you stand, Jesus is the same. The Jesus I was celebrating two weeks ago when everything was going great is the same Jesus I'm celebrating today when things are not so great. So will you pray? I'll pray for us generally. And you pray for that person. Father, we've read we've heard your word says that when the word of God is preached it, it brings faith faith comes by hearing hearing the word of God so faith arises, update faith right now Lord update faith right now faith is out of is out of, is out of date updated Lord that we're, we're, we're relevant with you today that we're in sync with you today we're in alignment with you today wherever we're all at different places but the God that is real to me where I'm at will be the God that is real to you where you're at. And the trust that I have in him where I'm at will be the same trust that you have have where you're at with him. I ask Lord, as we put our hands on each other, it's not just a good exercise, it's from the Bible. Paul put his hands on them and the Holy Spirit fell on them all. And they were all filled and you were all speaking in a heavenly language. And even started hearing God and speaking what God was saying. So I pray for my brothers. I pray for us. I pray for Bray right now. I pray for our church in Africa right now. I pray for Clondalkin tonight. That Lord God that you would fall upon us afresh. And that Lord God that our faith would increase. And that whatever measure needs to be added. You would add it Lord God. And whatever needs to be let go of. We'll let go of. And Lord, that the glory of God would be manifest in our midst, O oh God. That, Lord God, that we would see you and know you, Lord. We would hear you, Lord God. That we would encounter you, Lord God. And that we would carry those encounters to other people in our city and our nation, oh God. Just pray strength into that person. If you're new and you don't even know what that is, just say, Jesus bless that person. He knows what they need. He knows.